This story is published in Timescope, an unofficial cornucopia of Doctor Who fiction, art and more from fans and stars created during lockdown with all proceeds going to the disability equality charity Scope. It can be downloaded for just a few quid at timescope2020.bigcartel.com and you should follow Who Hats on Twitter for details of Timescope 2. The Botcher Bee Inheritance by Pete Lambert a mission to Brighton, sometime between Ravelox and Thoros Beta. It was a big voice, which is not to say it was loud, at least not right now, but it had a bigness. It was a voice that could easily have filled a concert hall without trying. It certainly filled the cafe. Still, she could tell he was holding back. She liked that about him, at least. His Spanish was flawless, but delivered with an air of book-learning, a bit too perfect. And why was this guy speaking to her in Spanish, here in Brighton? She reminded herself to ignore him, and then he'd go over... But then, hang on, he started getting too precise. He visibly flinched when she demanded that he explained how he knew her name. Before, with a truly beaming smile, he offered up her date and place of birth, seemingly in the belief that this was a completely uncreepy thing to do in a conversation with a total stranger. He insisted that he was not a stranger, at least not in this reality. What? She made it very clear, deploying what her English tutor had called an assertive Anglo-Saxon imperative that she wanted him to get out of her way. She pushed past to leave. To his credit, he stepped back. But I'm a friend! He'd flicked into English without missing a beat, as if unaware he was doing it. She was already halfway to the exit when he added, with a notable tone of defeat, Of your father's and her feet were glued to the floor. Perry winced from a hundred yards over the street through the flurries of snow and of people and not the world's cleanest cafe windows. She could still see that it was going as badly as she told him it would. And boy, had she told him. But he was insistent that he was ready, so she'd promised not to intervene. This was important for him. He needed to prove to himself that he could do it, but he can't do it. Perry needed to prove to herself that her whole doctor development project wasn't a completely lost cause. But he can't do it. He simply wasn't ready for this. That knot of angst in her stomach returned. I'll have an ulcer before I'm 25, she thought. The next maniac that tries to abduct me for experimentation will probably just throw me back. She grinned to herself at that. She rose from the bench, stepped out of its little shelter, and darted out between the cars to do what she enjoyed most. Rescue the doctor. Twenty minutes later, maybe an hour, Carmen had lost track entirely. The chocolate was warm, the conversation was tepid, but somehow it was a conversation. The lunatics chattered like a double act. Not romantic. Brother and sister? They looked nothing alike, and had the oddest pairing of accents that she'd encountered in three years in this country. Legacy investigators, they'd said. The girl was clearer about that. Things had been tough for her mother. 
Carmen really surprised herself by explaining. It was so different in the 80s to have been pregnant and single and not even a real widow. They made a lot of fresh starts which didn't stay fresh for long. There are laws that I cannot break, he had said, with a strange tone of regret, as if adhering to laws was ordinarily far beneath his consideration. And had he said, are laws, or is law? She wasn't even sure in which language. Had she banged her head and forgotten? They had paperwork, lots and lots of paperwork, and a big beige folder. Their talking accelerated to a babble, and she interrupted the point. What was their point? All this, said the girl, it's yours. Her father's name on the documents, her name on the documents. What a ridiculous thing to bother faking. Why on earth are you claiming I own a cafe when, no, the girl cut her off, not the cafe. It's the whole shopping caboodle. Parade, the doctor harumphed. Parade, Perry. The English seafront is not famed throughout the galaxy for its charming shopping caboodles. She rolled her eyes and continued, stuttering a little. We've, we've been trying to find you for a long time, Carmen, and I'm, I'm sorry we didn't get to you sooner. You see, we were with your father back in the 80s when, oh no, did I say, I mean my aunt and his older br brother were with him and... The girl's companion loudly whispered to her with something of a smirk. Now who's mucking it all up, eh? Then he became animated. Look, Carmen, the bottom line is that all of this... His arm performed an operatic sweep of overstatement that could have encompassed the seafront, the sea, the moon and the stars, but ended up colliding with a waitress and launching the two cooked breakfasts that she'd been carrying on alarming trajectories across the room. Yet he didn't miss a beat as he ploughed on to his crescendo. All of this is morally, legally and might I say most pleasingly appropriately yours. Your father was a good man. When he was young, he took the rap, as I believe they say, for someone else's decidedly shady dealings. That's what took him to Spain in the first place. Well, I can't unscramble an egg, said with an unappreciated nod of apology to the seething waitress. But just occasionally, I do run into contacts who can set certain things in motion and voila! She had definitely hit her head. It was the only explanation. They weren't TV pranksters or stalkers or confidence tricksters, though she had kept her hand firmly on her purse the whole damn conversation. And they were gone as quickly as they'd arrived. The clock said only half an hour, leaving her with this folder full of documents, a list of legal advisers inelegantly torn from a directory, and a coat now in need of a thorough cleaning to lose the ketchup stains, which wouldn't show up on that thing that he'd been wearing. Obviously, she should just dump all of this nonsense straight into the waste bin on top of those wrecked breakfasts that she had felt obliged to pay for. And that had been the very strangest moment. When those two realised that they had no money to pay their bill with, they completely froze, with a look of sheer, sincere mortification between them. The cafe seemed completely silent for a moment. 
Anyway, it was only a few quid, and it was worth it to see the back of them. What kind of fool would take all this seriously? The waste bin was right there. But it was a Sunday. There was no need to be hasty. They really had seemed sincere. She ordered another hot chocolate, anything but the English coffee. And she thought, the girl had been right about one thing. Oscars would make a good name for this cafe. Thank <laughs> you.